1: Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, Warchia TV, holiday week. We build towards Christmas. I get it. Your mind's checked out. It's hard, man. I'm there, too. I'm there, too. It's actually a Balls Monday, isn't it? It does feel that way. It does feel that way. It's tough right now, man. I mean, all thoughts are with family, friends, present buying that I haven't done yet. (laughs) Oh, man. I will say this. Every year I get asked this, and I was, I'm, I've never asked you, what's the best Christmas present you ever you ever received? Like, what's oh. the one as a kid? Listen, you have a loving family. We're both very fortunate to grow up with uh, brothers and sisters and great moms and dads and grandparents and all that good stuff. So very, very fortunate. It's another reason why I love this tournament, this bowling tournament that we're doing, uh, which is 7 o'clock tonight. Again, if you're dropping off gifts, they're expecting you. If you want to swing on by, District 850, drop off gift cards, presents, whatever it might be. Everything is greatly appreciated so the kids might have a similar Christmas to the one we're describing here where they get to open gifts, too, uh, and they wouldn't otherwise get to without your contributions and your help. So thank you in advance for doing that. You don't even have to be boring. You don't have to be associated in any way. If it's just something that sounds good to you, swing on by and do that. I, I assure you we do greatly appreciate it, and so do my friends at The Guardian at Blitem. But I, I, was, I was wondering, like, because every time you think about Christmas— most of the time, you think about your youth. and As adults, you're kind of like, okay, I get it. But it's about the kids. It's And I always remember certain gifts that I got. But mine is so cliche. It's a Mongoose BMX. I remember when I opened my Mongoose BMX, and I was like,
2: oh. I, you I, opened it? Was yeah, it in a giant box? It was wrapped.
1: It was wrapped. It's a bike. You can see yeah, it was a bike. Yeah, I knew it was yeah. a bike, but I was just laughing. I was like, oh, there it is, because I had been asking for it. And then when I saw it, and it was black and yellow. And I just... I remember I was blown away by that thing. I really didn't care about anything else that I got after I got that. I was like, that's the one. That's the thing I always wanted.
0: So I wiped up on the lower third there the donate link because we have such a huge segment of our viewership that is not in the state of Florida or in the Tallahassee area. So uh, head to gal2.org and click on the Donate tab if you want to support the cause that we are supporting tonight. We appreciate your support. Um, What my parents used to do on the couch or in the living room was – Oddly enough, it was kind of backwards. So the gifts from Santa were not wrapped. It was just what it was. So you like, you know. Right, right, right. The idea being he just why would they? He oh, just dropped them off. Yeah, he just right. dropped them off. And then the you know, gifts from my folks were wrapped.
1: <laughs> I think I've told you the story. My wife laughed at me years ago. I would always tell her to, to wrap the presents, and she'd go, like, well, that's nice of me, right? Hey babe, get to wrap in the presents. Yeah. But anyhow, she would say, Well, we don't have to wrap the ones from Santa. And then I'd go which one are we designating her from Santa? She's like you just want credit. I'm like you're damn right. I bought that PS4. Santa didn't do a damn thing. Make sure you if <laughs> you wrap that one.
0: <laughs> also, in general it is kind of a thoughtful thing to have the more expensive presents be from the parents not just for your own credit, but also, you know, for the other kids in the class. You know, if they're the, on the playground and it's like, "Well, Santa got me a PS4." Well, what the hell? I'm Santa like... gave me a socks. You get written up all the time. I don't. Santa gave me a pair of socks. What the hell's going on with Santa? He doesn't like me. So that helps. Uh, it was hockey goalie pads and a street uh, that and makes a, street a lot net. of sense, yeah. They also got me. This was, I mean, it was gorgeous. So my favorite player at the time was Patrick Waugh, and he had been traded to the Colorado Avalanche, and there was a goalie helmet that was Colorado Avalanche. Oh, and it buddy. It was gorgeous. Oh, I was, I didn't cry from joy as a kid, you know yes. i i't do that unless they get like a dog or something oh, like yeah. kids just like start weeping
1: or their father comes home from serving in the military that they haven't seen in a year, and he comes around the corner that's then a better then example, then we, and then we all cry, yeah hey.
0: uh, that's yeah. a better example, <laughs> yeah. yes than just yeah. a dog, but yeah right. uh, but that was close, and they still have <laughs> they still have it on the j b c camera. I could not believe it, <laughs> and I just remember that whole day that whole day I was outside, something that most kids don't do these days either. I was outside. Dad helped set up, meaning Dad set up from scratch the net with the PVC pipe. He was pissed. That that took about two and a half, three hours. I'm sure it did. Yep. But then there it was. I was out there. Boom. These pads are way too big. I'm all (laughs) leg pads, and yeah, making plays. It was amazing.
1: Missed it in the first hour. I'll recap here. Micah Pittman on his way to Florida State University. Given that we have a glaring and obvious need for a wide receiver, this was welcome news for Pittman. He's a former four-star recruit. You know that um, he's got NFL blood. We remember it very well. Could have used it last night, actually. Um, that and guns.
0: I think Dad we could use guns. his kick and punt return skills over Jalen Darden. I think I think he today is better than Jalen <laughs> Darden is yeah. in the pros.
1: Not a big fan of Jalen Darden either.
0: Uh, but former four-star recruit says yes to wide receiver.
1: Now again, I I don't know what we're getting per se. I know what he was thought to be coming out of high school. I know he's you know six one six two two hundred pounds thereabouts. Reputation of having great hands. If you don't believe it, ask him. He'll tell you about his hands.
0: His brother's a player, too. Yes,
1: of course. His brother's a real player. Um, and maybe maybe Michael becomes that guy for Florida State. It seems slightly unlikely that he'd be as good as his brother, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's his time to shine. Let's get here. He was excited about coming here. He talked about that. I like any receiver uh, at this point uh, that says yes to Florida State. Any of them. Uh, any of them. You're like, oh, we got a guy from uh, Old Dominion who was a one-star. Good. Get him in here. I'm sure he can play. Let's go. Better than the guys we got. Uh, So, I was excited about that, primarily because, again, he's already showcased the ability to catch and return punts. Boom. We know that something plus just happened to Florida State University on the football field. We realize that. Immediately before he catches a pass, you know something plus just happened in the transfer portal for Florida State. He will catch a punt. He can return it. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think before any targets, that means that you've got about a 30 to 40 yard head start on any football game that we played last year, right? It's crazy. 30 to 40 yards. So
1: he described that
0: procedure,
1: the the process, I should say, of committing to Florida State and um, Mike Norvell. I would strongly encourage you, if you want to learn more about him and just some of the other aspects that went into this, read Michael Langston's piece uh, on warchant.com. Uh, it's, it's thorough. Um, very thorough, and he talked about why he wanted to leave Oregon. I don't know that we can glean insight to the process that has so far been very, very positive for Florida State just yet, but something struck me when I read the article and some of his quotes uh, about the approach that clearly Mike Norvell and staff have, and that was that they're willing to listen to a kid when he talks about the reasons they want to be in the transfer portal to begin with. It's not just like, mercenary, I need a receiver. Oh, that guy was a four-star receiver. Let's recruit him. There's a a vetting process from both sides. We know how this works. At the end of the day, Mike has said a lot of times that it's not that we just want kids because we have holes to fill and that it's not just that, hey, this is a position of need, this is a segment group that could use depth, but rather we're looking for the right kids and the right fit. Now, sometimes that's what coaches say when they fail on signing day, to bring in a kid at a position of need. Well, you know, it's not just about bringing in kids. We're looking for the right kind of kid. And that causes me typically to roll my eyes. So when Dugans failed miserably on signing day, and then Mike said, well, we're looking for the right kind of kids now. Obviously, we have a need to fill the transfer portal. I thought, hmm yeah, I'm sure it's about the right kind of kids. That's why we didn't sign anybody at receiver over the, uh, for an early signing period. But! Two things can be true at the same time. I think, he's, I think he's accurate. I think he's telling the truth when he says that when they look in the transfer portal, yes, they obviously look for kids who can play. You know, that's obvious. But I do think they're looking for certain kinds of kids to further the goal of laying the foundation that he refers to all the time. That seems to have been self-evident in that the guys that did impact this team this year, as Tom pointed out last hour, weren't just good on the field. They were good leaders in the locker room. Their work ethic, their day-to-day preparation served as great examples for some of the other younger kids that we're trying to get something out of, kids that we did recruit, kids that have been here for a while and maybe needed to see what it's like to be, for lack of a better term, a pro. Um, so, okay. Now, I don't know if Micah Pittman fits that category. Many would argue, certainly at Oregon, that he doesn't. The people at Oregon would tell you he quit on his team. What you're get, What you're getting is a kid who took his ball home and pouted because he wasn't getting enough receptions and he wasn't getting enough targets and he didn't like the way that the offense was called and therefore he quit on his team. That may or may not be true. I don't know. Certainly
0: the optics don't look good. Right, yeah. Yeah, they don't. The optics of uh, one Mario Cristobal, too. You know, sometimes uh, you have a clunker. You have a clunker. So,
1: so I, don't, I don't know. We don't know all these kids' stories. We know from covering this team that what gets out about a player or a segment group or a staff member isn't always accurate, accurate. It doesn't always paint the complete picture because we're here day to day, hour to hour, at practices. We've got people there who vet, you know, have these conversations. So it's easier for the local folks to know a little bit more. I'm not going to pretend to know everything that there is to know about Micah Pittman, but I do know he can return points punts. I know he's athletic as hell. He's coming from an athletic family, an NFL family. I know his brother's a really, really good player. I know that he can return punts, as I said, and that he's got Size, speed, hands. Okay, this is a desperate position of need. If you vet and you have the conversation that I'm alluding to, like Mike Norvell did, and you hear the reasons, and then you give him the set of expectations of what it's going to be like when you do get here, what you have to do in order to, I guess, get the number of targets you'd like to see on a day-to-day basis for that to happen, where frustration happens and where disappointment occurs is when expectations have not been set and explained properly. That's true in the job. That's true anywhere, right? If you don't know what's expected of you and you're not told specifically what's expected of you um, and then – you go out and you don't fulfill those needs because it hasn't been relayed, then both parties end up very frustrated. I don't think Coach Norvell ever goes into these things and says, all right, well, we got a guy. He wants to come here. We desperately need a guy at that position. I'm going to take him no matter what. I actually do believe him when he says they sit down and have those conversations about what those expectations are. And you know why I believe that? Jermaine Johnson said so.
0: Yeah, and Jermaine is, you know, could have gone anywhere. The quintessential ambassador for this university Could have gone point.
1: anywhere more yeah. importantly, and he was not told what he wanted to hear per se or what you would think he'd want to hear. Yeah. But rather, you're going to have to work really hard. I'll make you a better player. Yes, you can contribute right away. Yes, you're in a position of need, but I'm going to need you to set an example and to be this and I'm going to ride you. I have to be able to ride you because you're as our better player, as a better player, if I'm able to if I'm able to ride you, then the others have to get in line.
0: Yeah, early signing day plus this past weekend's developments, and I'll include Caden Lyles in the weekend developments, are only the beginning of the of the changes we're going to see. There are going to be coaching changes between now and January the 15th, I would think. I right? would think, yeah. yes. At least one or two, maybe either side of the ball, maybe both on one side of the ball. But you've got to have those guys in trench ready to go before the final signing day, which is in February. February. Then you've got spring practice with those new coaches, so you've got a new angle to cover, these transfers that are coming in. Pittman is coming in as an early enrollee. He's got two years to play. We want to get him involved right away, so he'll be enrolled here at Florida State. I believe in the Michael article, it said January 3rd. But then there's also, you know, 32 open slots total for this year. We'll see if we can fill all of them, but the transfer portal is not closed when 2021 is over. It continues on. The transfer portal is eternal. It's unbelievable, this thing. <laughs> It, there'll be more kids in January and February. There might be a little bit of a lull for spring practices, but then once spring practice concludes for these programs, there's going to be a ton more. JUCO kids as well. So there is a huge amount of change still yet to come. Even when you combine the transfers that we got last week with Bless Harris and the ESD. What you know about Bless Harris, Tom? Lynn? <laughs> you were so ready for that. And ESD, you're only maybe 55% of the way there of the change that you're about to see And I'm I'm not even talking about the coaching staff. This is an overhaul that's coming. Wait, do you see that group that runs out of the tunnel against Duquesne? I'm not saying that they're going to be world beaters. I'm saying that the roster is going to be very different than the one that you saw at the conclusion of this season. Better be. Better be. They won five games last year and
1: they're still in the process. 25 to 32 brand new kids. That's a lot. (sighs) Can't be enough. Uh, You know how when the, uh, New teams in professional sports enter into a league, and they say, all right, Kraken, you get to take uh, a player from each team that's not protected, build your roster. So Seattle says, all right, we shall do that. For Florida State, at the end of the year, I went, who would I protect on this roster if the process were the same? And who would I strongly encourage? Take it on down the road perhaps play elsewhere where their services are appreciated and wanted and even impactful. And I realized that, my goodness gracious, there just weren't that many guys I'd be willing to protect. And that told me all I needed to know about where we are and where we still have to go. Because if you go segment by segment, Tom, you'll find if you engage in the process, it's tough. There aren't too many guys that you say, we absolutely have to protect him from somebody else.
0: You know, you mentioned Seattle. It's my hope that on March seventeenth, if they have a hockey game in Seattle, that they have an alternate jersey for the McCracken. right? <laughs> <laughs> and you've got an Irish Sea monster. That'd be
1: great. That would be great. They could have fun with that. You should call them with the idea, or at least email. I would. Uh, I am curious if we all do that. If we all went through every group. Now, there it's interesting because there are several members of the secondary I'd protect. After that.
0: Mm. Yeah, defensive interior if we get both uh Coop and, and Love it back. I mean Coop's already committed, but you know yeah. to return.
1: But it's a tough tough job, everybody. Thank you, John. I thought it was a great analogy as well. Go ahead and do that. Have some fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jeff Cameron, 93.3 ninety Real Talk Radio Chat TV. Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three, three, Real Talk Radio, Ward, and TV. I have utilized the bully pulpit today to remind you. Over and over and over again And I will continue at least through the rest of the show To remind you tonight Go ahead and put it up there Tommy It is time to bowl JCS annual holiday bowling tournament Beginning at 7 o'clock Not that far away now I'm really excited Uh, We we always talk about the um, Charitable aspect as we should It's the number one reason for doing this It's why we do it It's, uh, It's the thing that brings joy to the heart But I really like bowling And I never bowl we haven't bowled, Tom, since this event, not last year, but the year before. Or at least I have, and I don't know if you have. Uh, You're sneaking out on the weekends not telling me. Oh,
0: for months. To go bowling,
1: yeah. For months. I'm prepping, Jeff. It's a bad habit. But uh, B-b-ball? B-b-ball? 850, District 850, 7 o'clock. And I bring it up again. If you are interested in helping out and providing um, toys and or gift cards for kids that could use your help, this holiday season, please swing on by. You don't even have to be part of the event. Um, Just swing on by and and drop off your present, whatever you can do, or your gift card. Um, I know they strongly encourage gift cards again because of the versatility. Um, But uh, if you could, please do that. We appreciate that. Also to support the guardian ad litem of the big Ben, if you're not in town, if you go to gal two, it's the number two, uh, gal org, and click on the donate tab. You can, you can donate there too. So, Thank you, um, but back to to bowling. Would we say 140? Is that our goal? That's how bad we are.
0: Yeah, I think that's a robust goal too. We'll see. We need that pin action. You don't have a lot of
1: faith today, buddy. You don't. You're
0: not feeling good, are you? Uh, about the bowling, though, no. I feel good. Yeah, I feel good about humanity. I think we're going to be. <laughs> I think we're going to be very happy by the end of the night with uh, our our fair city once again standing tall for a great organization that could really use your help. Um, but. As far as the scores go, I think that third game is going to be the decisive one. I think I hit triple digits in the second game. I don't know about the first game. The first game is going to be pretty ugly. Sometimes your first game is the best game. It's like the first swing of the day on the golf course.
1: Yeah. Speaking of
0: which. I'm feeling a 71.
1: I'm telling you, man, I totally get it why the PGA Tour hopes like hell that Tiger plays golf into his 60s. Because there's still nothing like flipping over there, even in a tournament like that, and watching them execute shots. Now, obviously, I'm mesmerized by the kids, by watching Charlie swing a golf club, and you're like, really? You're that good already? I mean, everything about it, the swing is exactly like his father's. It's all brilliant. It's incredible. you just, well, goodness gracious. But Tiger hitting approach shots to within a foot of the pin, tell me you're not just, you couldn't help yourself. I watched a lot of that, and football was on.
0: Yeah, I did not watch one play of the 1 o'clock window. I watched that whole thing. On did you really I say did. you were
1: even more into it?
0: Oh, you could any shot you want to hear, buddy. Yeah, right here, I got it. It's in here. I also continue to
1: crack up watching Don John Daly just light up heater after heater as they're walking down the fairway with his son. My man doesn't
0: care. He wasn't all. walking down the fairway. He was in the <laughs> cart all yeah, day. Well,
1: he he had a cigarette in his hand at all times.
0: Yep. He is, he is Tampa Santa,
1: isn't he? He is exactly who you think he is. He is, is yeah.
0: Tampa Ozona.
1: If they would have let him pop a beer, he would have done so right then and there. But, man, swing's still good. Swing's still pretty.
0: Way past parallel.
1: Way past parallel.
0: So, yeah, if you were going to the Chi Chi Rodriguez golf course holiday party and there was a Santa there, it would look exactly like John Daly looked this weekend. That would be the guy.
1: I laughed, but I you know watching uh, Tiger... Watching Charlie, that was really cool. And it was just good to see him back out there and made me realize that's, I mean, that's their hope, right? None of the, I mean, the rising stars, and there are a ton of them uh, in the world of golf right now. All the young players are mesmerizingly good, but nobody can cause you to be transfixed on non essential tournaments like
0: Tiger Woods. No, well, and then now Charlie, too because that there was the, the viral shot last year where he hit, I think it was a five-wood or a three-wood Five-wood,
1: yeah, around the bend right. uh, to set up an eagle, yes.
0: Well, that kid already is a savant at putting, already. That's scary. That's going to translate. And then he... You He'll know. also tell you about it. Oh, he will. <laughs> I think that's that's irrespective of dad's lining him up or not. He's already got it. Whatever that is, that, that thing is like a paint bucket to him. It's not a hole. And then the shot he hit on 16 from whatever it was, 165, where he went between the pin and the water when yes. no one else did. Nobody, else Nobody did, pro no. or, or amateur alike, he's got something that, to me, he's already worth more in terms of media rights than any player in college right now. Any player in college. So
1: this gets interesting. We start talking about what an NIL deal looks like for football players. Imagine if he chooses to play college golf. Now, he'll never need money, and obviously, he whatever, but... Look at that game. And I think the number one thing isn't that he can play, that's a given. If you grow up and Tiger Woods is your dad and you play at all, you're probably blessed with certain attributes, certain skills, and certainly if he's bothered to teach you at all, which apparently he has, um you're going to be you're going to be
0: in a position to succeed. Yeah. The thing that tells me that he is, is willing to well yes, because Tiger isn't Sabrina. flipping out when when a good shot happens. He's like that's that's what happens.
1: But also and I think this is fascinating for all athletes, we talk about this a lot. This is not a golf discussion. This is about confidence being the number one factor in success. Now, obviously, bigger, stronger, faster equates. I get it. But when you, if you're saying that somebody has the requisite skill set to play a professional sport, let's just assume that's the starting point for all of these conversations, that the person is amongst the elite of the elite of the elite. Okay. Now the relative comparisons can be made. So we know, for example, you can be a bad quarterback in the NFL you're also less than 1% of the population that's capable of playing NFL and making the NFL and playing quarterback, right? So even if you're bad, you're still one of the best players to ever do it, Like just because it's that hard to get to that league with those players. So the number one thing I always look for in all these sports, especially when you're dealing with prodigy, especially when you're dealing with expectations, outside expectations, and the weight of said expectations is whether or not a player, blessed with that skill set, That acumen for the game at a very young age, those hips, the ability to turn the way that he does, all those things, that club head speed, whatever it might be, right, is can you handle the weight of those expectations? Can you still play with immense confidence, standing over a ball with thousands of people, millions of people watching you, and you know that those expectations are that you're going to be as good as your father? Your father is arguably the greatest player to ever live, and if he's not, he's the second best player to ever live, so fine. Let's not nitpick. Either way, he's an iconoclast. He's somebody that has transcended the sports world in a way that, I don't know, in my lifetime, five to seven people ever have, maybe less. And now you got to go execute, and you're playing with him, with the whole world watching, and you're not nervous at all. And you execute those shots and those putts. And not only are you not nervous, you got a little what-for to you. I mean, after each striped shot is the spin, the walk, the quick pick up the tee. I'm like, I know where that is. That's dead down the middle. That is insane. That, I mean, that is what, if you're jealous about anything, that to me is something to be jealous about. Like the ability to block out all that other stuff. It's not the skill. That seems to be a given. It's the blocking out of all that other stuff. And in an individual game, because in a team sport like football, all the time I bring this up, it's really hard to get nervous unless you're a quarterback or a kicker. It's very difficult to get nervous unless you're a quarterback or a kicker. Then you can be especially nervous. Because as a kicker, obviously, we all know, as the man in the arena, as you walk out, this is it. Either you make it or you miss it. You let people down or you win the game. And those conditions can be difficult. And obviously, you're dealing with wind and everything else, and all eyes are on you. Quarterback, you've got to pull the trigger. You've got to read a defense. You're going to touch the ball in crunch time uh, on every play. So what you do and the decisions you make, pre-snap and otherwise, are all going to obviously decide whether or not you win or lose a game. But as a p- position player, you're a defensive end, you're a right guard, you're you know a safety, you have an assignment based on a look.
0: Yeah, but you can let a lot of people down if you play poorly at right guard. Saw oh, last
1: night. Alex Kappa is raising his hand right now. But I, I don't think he was nervous. He was just busy getting pummeled.
0: No, he might have been about halfway through the game saying, oh, my God.
1: Whoa. I will tell you this, in a physical matchup in which you're going to see somebody repeatedly, that is to say this play ends, he doesn't go away, the bad man does not go home, I'm now going to have to see him again. You're not nervous, but there is a stark reality that hits you when somebody is bigger, stronger, faster, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's not nerves, that's fear, that's frustration, that's what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What you've heard people say this about and Sue, like the first time that they ever had to block and Sue in his prime, where the guy's just bigger, stronger, and meaner. What am I going to do? That dude can pick me up off the ground. I'm 320 pounds. He's going to pick me in the air. Aaron Donald does this to people.
0: Aaron Donald right now.
1: Does it to people on the regular. And they're not weak. They're not small. They're technically sound. Reggie White did it to people all the time. Nobody was nervous.
0: Cam Jordan did it to Tristan last night.
1: That never happens. That happened twice last night, but he. Boy, he destroyed Kappa a couple times, too. That's just Kappa, man. I, I he's got a family. That was... Oh, I mean, yeah, an ass Yeah. T-K-O. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. God. Grown ass man. It reminded me when uh, Derwin James picked up that offensive lineman for Florida. Oh, and the right tackle. He just picked him up in the air and
0: threw him. And then we never blitzed like, him again in his career here. I was like, sir. that's was a great decision. You're a you're a man. You just got picked up by a safety. You know what I think we should do? We should line him up as far away from Never the football as possible. let him have an impact on the game, Let's guys. have him
1: play center field. Yeah, that was frustrating.
0: Anyhow, I just...
1: Yeah, now you got me thinking about Kappa getting beat down in a way that no man should ever get beat down. That was humiliating.
0: Yeah, Charlie Woods didn't feel that way about his performance.
1: Ever! No. He stood over every shot with supreme confidence. It's remarkable. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chan TV. Keper ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you very, 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 much. Update, Chris Godwin out for the remainder of the regular season with a sprained MCL. Looks like Evans will be okay moving forward. If you're a Buck fan or you listen to him here on 93.3, wanted to give you that update. Fournette and Godwin look like they may miss time. I would suggest this moving forward. If you're Tampa <clears throat> and you can't get the one seed, doesn't look likely to get the two seed at this point. Uh, it, it's it, well. Okay, look, let's just be honest here. Uh, we said it today in the Scuttlebucks. The Bucks do not look like a team that's going to win the Super Bowl. Fine. Uh, if I were placing odds on who's going to win the Super Bowl, for example, I think Green Bay is a better bet right now than Tampa Bay. Now, that said, that's fine, whatever. You already have the Lombardi Trophy in your back pocket. You're the reigning Super Bowl champions. You cashed in the chips when you made the play for Tom Brady, and you said, all right, anything else after this, is going to be gravy. Let's try it again. Let's let's uh, run it back, see what we can do, bring everybody back. And uh, if it's to be, it's to be. If we're put in a position where we got a chance to make a run at it again, let's give it a go. The only way that's possible anymore is to win a bunch of road games like you did a year ago, which is not impossible, and to be completely healthy. So I'm sitting all those guys. And if we amass losses even against bad teams like Carolina or the Jets, then so be it, because record is far less important at this point if you're not going to have the home field advantage. Uh, anyhow, uh, record is far less important now than health. So getting into the postseason with, and as a division winner, which the Bucks will be uh, if they win one more game, and being healthy, that's everything. That's the whole thing, is being able to roll out there with a healthy Fournette, a healthy Godwin, a healthy Evans, a healthy Gronk, a healthy AB, a healthy Brady. All those guys are healthy and there are guys on defense too that we talk about, then that's just that's the, all you can hope for, and then roll your dice and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I feel like Green Bay is the strongest candidate of all across the NFL right now because the AFC is a mess. Now Kansas City is emerging, and they're getting better at the right time, and that's a scary proposition for everybody. If they do it for a couple more weeks and they sort the mess that is the NF- AFC West, I should say, which has been a really compelling division all season long, then maybe it's them and Green Bay as the two prohibitive favorites. But the AFC top to bottom is largely unpredictable. That's a fun... Oh, it's going to be awesome. That bracket's going to be amazing. In the NFC, Dallas is dangerous, but flawed. Arizona's star is falling. We'll see what comes of that. The Rams, kind of a mess. It's hard to tell. 49ers emerging-ish, emerging-ish. Well,
1: Garoppolo, he's going to play like that. He's been the most efficient quarterback in the NFC the last few weeks.
0: Yeah, the Bucs as it stands right now, their potential three opponents in the first round would be San Francisco, or the Rams, or the Saints again. And how you feel about those particular opponents tells you how you feel about the Bucs, which is, eh, I'm not so sure. Even though that game's in Tampa, I'm not so sure. Get healthy, give yourself the best chance, and we'll see.
1: Well... That is everything, though, because Godwin has already racked up over 1,100 yards receiving. He's got a catch percentage of nearly 78%. That is a career high. He's caught 77% of Brady's targets, averaging over 8.7 yards per target. If he's gone, they're screwed to a large degree. Now, obviously, that will be filled to some extent by Antonio Brown, no matter Character flaws or not, Antonio Brown is a huge difference maker. He's coming back from suspension. He'll be playing.
0: Get ready to put on your disappointed face. Godwin is out for the year. No, well, for the postseason. Torn ACL came back worse than it thought. The MRI came back worse than they thought. Well, did they not know how to perform an MRI? Uh, That's why Rap Sheet sometimes goes way too fast and over his own skis. They had an MRI to confirm what was suspected to be a sprained MCL yesterday, five minutes ago, per Ian Rapp report on Twitter. It is a torn ACL. Done for the year. This was a money year for Chris Godwin. Well, and as he's well. going to
1: get paid because I just laid out the numbers through 14 games, which are career highs. He was simply spectacular. Uh, and that'll be that. Well, it was a good run. Good run. Good thing we won it last year.
0: Um, <clears throat> hey, it's the Brashad Perryman show. There you go. Well, a- P-A-B a- and, and Evans.
1: and Evans. Well, yeah. Yep. Gronk. Guess who it's not? O.J. Howard, who got all of 10 snaps in a game where you had no receivers, they still didn't roll his ass out there. But for 10 snaps? Mm. That'll hurt your feelings. That's a toughie. Well, at least now you know it, and now you're definitely not saddled with expectations of championship football, buddy. If anything happens now, it's gravy.
0: Yeah, I I think one of the more difficult things over the next few weeks will be That particular position in the offense is a unique position. Yes. And it's one that Larry Fitzgerald played, Hines Ward played, among others, in Bruce Arians' coaching stops across the last 10 to 20 years because you have blocking responsibilities. How you fill that, I don't know. But you also have three weeks to put together a different game plan if you need to, which might be... Run the football. Yes, two tights, run the football, play action. Antonio Brown on one side, Mike Evans on the other. You want to go three wide, you put him Perryman. Might be enough, but this is—I think this changes a little bit the discussion that we had this morning, which is, hey, get everybody rest. Now it's—you might want to install concepts and use these three weeks to your advantage, <laughs> so you know what the hell you're going to run because Godwin's not coming back.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I, let me tell you this: if you see it, if it happens, and we'll move on from the box in a second, if it happens that that's what these three weeks are used for, which is to make a run at doing something slightly different than what you've been doing because you're now going to be taxed with obviously having to um, find a replacement for Godwin, who is really the crux of the offense. Then you get ready for that faraway look in Brady's eyes that you see. Remember last year when they were trying to tweak everything? As it were happening, there were long stretches where you'd see that, okay, we're not on the same page here look, that I clearly wanted you to sit down there, but all right, all right. So that happened a lot. Who's the number one candidate to fix that? Ab is Gronk played the worst game of his career, perhaps last night.
0: Outside of last year's New Orleans season opener, when he wasn't well, in yeah, shape, lead footed, yeah. couldn't move. Yeah, that
1: yeah. was. I didn't even count
0: that. Boy, he Gronk confused. Gronk confused. That's what I saw.
1: Well, but physically, just made all. I mean, you don't see him get whipped uh, on blocks, and he did. You don't see him. Drop. Yeah, did they
0: go out partying on Saturday? Does it look like it? Didn't yeah. it? The whole team. I'm like, what are we doing? The whole doing? team. Like, wait a minute, you guys are here for it's a fight. Not
1: like, but there's no way that the Saints couldn't have had their attention. They've been owned by New Orleans in the regular season. I mean, that's. A, I don't know how you wouldn't know. Like, hey, man, this team's physical, and they 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 get up for the games against the Bucks. And I know they don't have a starting quarterback, but they do have a defense. Like, you got to show up,
0: Marcus. Uh, last hour. Uh, five dollars to the program. Appreciate it, that. He was making a point about Tom since this opening was here. It was a point about Tom Brady and, and should he have been fined for the taunt of the uh, the sideline of the Saints? Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose he could, but you know, he was taunted as well. I believe it was Gardner Johnson several times. Yeah, and and Tom turned around. And he looked. He's like, look at this guy. It's I think like he that, probably
1: appreciated it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I would think. I think he probably appreciated. He's like, it. okay, all right,
0: I see you. I would. Put it in my I mean, notepad. Listen, is, if you're a red ass. Not my tablet, because I'm going to chuck that. and put it in my notepad. I'm going to write it down. But let
1: me just say this. If you are a lifelong, fierce competitor that has led you to the accolades that obviously he's earned, and you are petty, and you do hold grudges, as he has shown before, whoever that kid was for Pittsburgh that he... Hawked down after saying that he didn't fear Brady, uh, when he and then threw the touchdown pass on him and sprinted to him.
0: Well, and and Honey Badger last year in the Super Bowl that was uncomfortable. Like twelve, calm down. It's the second second quarter. Well, but the point is that guy. Yes, it's it's the same as
1: uh, pitchers who uh, felt like you walked a little too slowly to first base on that ball four or took your time around the bases. And now maybe I'm not going to hit you here because the moment's not right. But uh, perhaps uh, get your ass. In a spring training game a year from now, because I hold on to things like that. So Brady's that guy. He's always been that guy. Um, at this point, you know, I think if it happens to you, you'd be like, all right.
0: Respect. <laughs> Buffalo Tom is still on that. South Carolina State did. <laughs> yes, they, they did. They did, yes, They Tom. did,
1: Tom. Yes, they did. We'll go back and wrap it up and get you some picks. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
2: The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com
0: Alright, one
1: more reminder before we say goodbye. Bye for the day. Be back with you tomorrow. By the way, th- Tom, I, I will answer this question. Stephen brought it up. Uh, do we know when Kevin Coleman is making his decision?
0: Yeah, it's at the All-American game. Right. So there was some speculation that he has already signed and sent in his letter of intent to the school that he chose. Which but, we think is Miami. Uh, they were the leader, but... I mean, judging by what I've seen, and Michael Langston knows way more about this stuff than I do. But there might still be a decision pending. It, maybe he signed multiple letters and never turned one in. I'm that's me. That's me on my own. That's me on my own saying he didn't fax anything yet in yet. Maybe maybe he, he yeah. is still waiting, right? Because of the coaching changes, but uh, he he wanted to have his announcement the old school way from about five years ago at an all-american game and then that was going to be the university of his choosing so you'll know in about whatever that is two and a half three weeks
1: let's do this let's uh let's get after it hey by the way good job on the heads up for prize picks we didn't win all three but we got two out of three so we made a little bit of money on the prize picks yeah we did okay yeah well you know obviously in a bitterly disappointing day for Arizona as they got way down I felt comfortable Kyler Murray was going to get over that 250 because he was going to have to pass incessantly uh Taysom Hill under we knew that that's always a given, but we got uh, we got screwed on the burrow thing. He didn't throw for nothing,
0: right? And then <laughs> I had a, I had another one with Davis Mills who was a two ten and a half, and he threw that uh, touchdown to seal the game two oh nine. Ooh, I'd rather you just throw an incomplete pass, yeah. sir, and mm. go about your day. That's right, two oh nine. Ouch!
1: This nearly shocked me. Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com.
0: Hey, Big Daddy. Having some red Russians tonight? We'll know in about
1: 47 seconds. He to an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy.
2: and empty nanny scores.
1: Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. It's a toughie, Tom. I don't have anything for
0: hockey. You might. I don't know. Uh, Nobody's playing. And if they are right now, they're not going to be playing. That's the way the NHL's going. I failed miserably on my teasers over the weekend. The Uh, teasers were not pleasers. That result in Detroit torpedoed just about every play I had.
1: Well, the Titans thoroughly dominated the Steelers only to lose despite giving up like 100 yards of offense. That one hurt. That one hurt a little bit. Especially since I had teased him to plus five or whatever it was. like, come on, guys. Are you kidding me? But here you go. You want to float a little pizza money tonight? Don't get all crazy, everybody. You want to float a little pizza money tonight. Let's go. Teaser Minnesota minus a half point over 39 and a half on the game total.
0: Oh, boy. All right. That's the teaser. You're double playing that one. You're not going to touch the early game, the one that starts in just a few hours between the Raiders and the Browns. No, right I, now, that's... I, I want no
1: part of it. That's a third-string <laughs> quarterback <laughs> yeah. for Cleveland. It's a Raider team who may quit. I have no feel or idea what to do with that game. I'm not going to touch it. And at this point, I have not uh, dove in to the deep waters of uh, college basketball just yet. So what I'm telling you is we're going to tease Minnesota down to a half point, and we're going to go over 39.5 on that uh, Minnesota-Chicago game, and we're going to ride Big River to a win. This is
0: why nobody trusts the Vikings. Uh, It's a game like this that they'll lose. Oh, of course. They did to the Lions already, and Chicago's ended their seasons before or their hopes for a division or a home playoff game, which is one of the same thing, or a bi-weeker, and just a terrible performance within their own division that nobody saw coming. But it would also be equally like the Vikings to win this game by 30, to set up a high-stakes matchup with Green Bay, only to lose that game. So, I've got a hard time playing the Vikings in December. It's usually but not profitable.
1: But if you tease them down to a half point, and you tease down that total of 46 to 39, or 39 and a half, you could tease or please regain. You, you
0: could. You could. You could. You don't like it? I'm going to play something. I, All right, might, well, I'll give you I one. might just I'll spin a you... wheel and then play something because, again, those games are going to be on the TV, the district tonight. So I want to be able to watch that and not my scores. I'm going to give you, another game. I'm gonna give you another
1: game. I'm going to give you one more teaser, pleaser before we say goodbye. Uh, if you'd like, if this makes you feel better, you could tease the Bears up to a robust 13 and then take the Rams at minus one over the Seahawks tomorrow.
0: I like that. You like that? I like that. But I also need to play something tonight that has finality tonight. You Because know, I, I need those. I'm, uh, I'm not like you. I'm a millennial somewhat. And so, therefore, I need that gratification. That on a Monday night, I know something's happening.
1: Well, here you go. I am taking this teaser. I am taking the Vikings minus a half point, And I am taking the uh, under 46. I'm getting that down to 39. That's what we're doing here. Putting the points down. Moving that under.
0: You're laying down that hammer. What do you really think your best score is going to be tonight?
1: 165. Okay. All right. I've never bowled the fine lanes at District 850 before, so who knows? Maybe I'll find my pocket early in the round and know that I, again, can touch the 200s like I got screwed out of doing that fateful night at Crenshaw.
0: That you Mm. bore witness to. Yeah, you got iced. With 190, whatever
1: the hell that was. So, perhaps. But, yes, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited about it either way. One last reminder. District 850, 7 o'clock. If you're not part of it but you want to help out, we strongly encourage you to do so. Please come on by. It's greatly appreciated. You're helping out the kids of the Guardian Ad Litem. And another tip of the cap to our friends at Gordo's for uh, being there for us always and all the events that we do. Uh, they will be catering the event tonight. District 850, 7 o'clock. Drop off. Stay. Have a drink. Let the kids play. Do whatever you want to do. And again, you can support the uh, Guardian Adline of the Big Ben. Head to gal2.org and click on the donate tab if you're out of town and you're wanting to help out there
0: too. So, we usually do this our last show before Christmas, but also the, the show before the Christmas tournament. We're going to say goodbye to the YouTubers early and play Squire for an extended yes, period of time. Yes,
1: let's go. Let's go. We'll be with you tomorrow. Some of the headlines as well as uh, JCS on Wednesday. And then that's it for the week. And if you would, Maestro, make it happen.